came into contact and I told him something about uh, my uh, experience with mice in Maastricht that showed epileptic uh, insults. Uh, and that, that works on. But anyway, um, I will talk today about a novel view on Alzheimer's disease following the era of a beta cascade uh, hypothesis. And, um, well, of course, the first slide shows you, I hope it works, uh, well, of course, we all like to see uh, normal, uh, uh, healthy aging without diseases uh, like heart disease, cancer, etc. But uh, we are confronted, in fact, with uh, a lot of these diseases, including dementia. And here is a plot of the Netherlands study, the Rotterdam study, where you see the prevalence uh, against the age of years, and you can really see that the uh, incidence of Alzheimer's decreases enormously as compared with vascular dementia, Parkinson's disease, and other types of uh, dementia, especially after 80 years of uh, life. So it's something to do because the baby, baby boom uh, is uh, coming, and uh, we can expect a lot of uh, people that are suffering from, uh, for instance, Alzheimer's disease. And, uh, well, we need to do something to... Um, to come further, uh, to find uh, biomarkers and uh, to find the uh, cause of this multifactorial uh, disease. Let's see. Well, as you all know, 100 years ago, Alice Alzheimer uh, discovered the disease. I think uh, he was in Frankfurt, he was in Tübingen, and he uh, looked at Alzheimer's brain of a presenal dementia case, Auguste Detmer. And, um, well, in fact, what we now know is that uh, if we look uh, to a microscopically to a brain of an Alzheimer's patient and uh, control brain, non-dependent control, you see immediately the cross uh, difference in the Solchi and the Jari. And um, we, of course, want to go into the brain. So um, we did, and many, many others did too. And in fact, uh, you only can diagnose Alzheimer's disease uh, definitely in post-mortem tissue when you see uh, uh, plugs and tangles, as you know. Uh, of course, there's neural shrinkage, as I showed, and uh, cell death, in, but only in a few areas in the brain, not everywhere. There's, of course, as a result, gliosis. And, uh, in fact, uh, Alzheimer's disease is a synaptic disease, a loss of synapses. Um, and, uh, it is a multifactorial disease, and we recognize causes and risk factors. Of course, the genetic makeup is very important. Uh, we all know uh, the, uh, the problem with uh, APP mutations, presenting mutations as part of the gamma secretase um, complex. And of course, we know the risk factor, and the most important one is the APOE polymorphism. And uh, these autosomal dominant cases are only forming a minority of AD cases. So there should be something else. And uh, if you look to altsforum.org, you can see a listing uh, made a number of years ago, and uh, there are at least 20 different claims for the disease. And uh, I just listed a few of them, uh, of course, you see less neuronal activity. There's more oxidative stress. Of course, age is a very important risk factor. And uh, today I will talk about molecular misreading. And um, well, molecular misreading holds for the majority uh, of AD cases. So I want to make clear what misreading is. And uh, the next slide shows you that what we uh, discovered a number of years ago and, um, and uh, what, hap what in fact was discovered in uh, the vasopressin gene. Dick Terwell uh, knows, uh, can tell you a lot of uh, vasopressin. And uh, so we had a common uh, history. But in fact, uh, what we found uh, in these animals, 
and that is uh, published a long time ago in the PNES, uh, PNES story was that uh, from DNA, normally um, RNA is formed, giving rise to a normal protein. However, what we discovered in the facial present gene is that, for instance, from uh, DNA, in certain motifs, when transcribed, misreading is occurring due, uh, due to monotonous uh, basic sequen uh, base sequences and then it uh, can give rise to a loss of a uh, single denucleotide deletion, giving rise to a mutant RNA. Normally, this mutant RNA is degraded by the mRNA surveillance system. However, in some cases, it escapes uh, this uh, uh, system. And then if it escapes, it can give to a protein with normal uh, N and abnormal uh, C terminus. And because minus two is the same as plus one, we call this because we want to be positive plus one protein. And um, well, uh, delta GA, for instance, occurs in the gene of uh, APP and results then as an example, and that's how we like to see it in APP plus one. So we looked uh, based on the facial present um, work and uh, in the face of present work, I did that together with Peter Burbach from uh, the University of uh, Utrecht. And um, uh, what we discovered that in cer certain sequences, I already alluded to it, like GA, GAG, so nucleotide G, GA falls out. And we, uh, when we discovered that in face of present, we said, okay, this may be nice for face of present. What about other genes? For instance, those that are associated with uh, Alzheimer's disease. So we, uh, without knowing anything about these genes, look to uh, uh, APP, uh, to uh, uh, ubiquitin, and all others that are related to uh, to um, uh, um, to Alzheimer's uh, associated to Alzheimer's disease. And we started with APP. We look to the number of base pairs of coding sequence. Longest form is 2,234, and then based up on statistics, you would expect in one of uh, 1,024 uh, basis uh, GAG motif, but in fact, not 2.2, but 7 are present. And the same is, for instance, holds for uh, ubiquitin B, on which I will focus a lot. And uh, you expect 0.7, and in fact, there are two. And uh, well, this is uh, an error. It must be beta APP. But beta APP, uh, um, well, if frame shifted in the way I just outlined, uh, we didn't work much on it, and the reason was that APP, well, okay, it's a very interesting molecule, but uh, these um, uh, GAG motifs occurring in the N-terminal part in exons 9 and 10, but, well, it happens there, and what we looked, uh, we looked into the cerebrospinal fluid, and we measured APP, and it may be an additional marker for the early diagnosis of Alzheimer's. In, the cerebrospinal fluid, and we published that. But it was the very end, and we uh, decided to focus up on, uh, uh, upon uh, ubiquitin B. So what's ubiquitin, plus, uh, uh, ubiquitin B? It's um, a highly conserved uh, protein of 76 amino acids, and um, uh, it's um, highly conserved, so from yeast to human, only three uh, gene, uh, three, uh, amino acids are different, so it must have a function. And in fact, what we know from the functions, it's concerned, and I grab a lot together, uh, cellular homeostasis. So for instance, well, um, uh, 
degradation of short-lived uh, proteins, um, um, nuclear uh, in uh, integrity, etc. So lots of function. Therefore, it's of course called uh, ubiquitin. Um, it is also involved in the formation and function of neuronal uh, networks. And uh, of course, we are um, focused upon the ATP-dependent degradation of proteins by the proteasome. I will outline that later. And for the discovery of this whole system, three persons, uh, Chikanov, Hershko, and Rose, obtained the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 2004. So um, that's, uh, this is the molecule, ubiquitin B. And uh, here, just a um, diagram is showed how it would work. So it consists of 76 amino acids. It starts with the May 29, and uh, you have lysines in it, and the blue ones are involved in the degradation, and it ends with a, a, G, a glycine residue. So how would it work? So a protein, a target protein with a lysine in it is recognized by the uh, C-terminus, and then uh, the uh, lysine here is recognized by a next uh, uh, ubiquitin molecule. And in such a way, a tree is formed called multi-ubiquitination, and that's a very efficient trigger for proteasomal degradation. Uh, so what happens um, and where is the GAG motif? It's present in ubiquitin B, in this part of the molecule, and if uh, GA or GU is falling out, the denucleotide deletion, the result would be this molecule. So that was all theory, and uh, we raised antibodies against this molecule. But first, to tell you, this molecule cannot um, uh, ubiquitinate anymore because it's lacking the G. In fact, it becomes a substrate for uh, ubiquitination. So th there would be less ubiquitin present, and that may be a point, but in fact, it's uh, resulting in proteasomal dysfunction. So what I said, um, we raised antibodies against different parts of the molecule and uh, three different parts, with three different epitopes, and uh, we were wondering what was uh, uh, present. It was just theory, and um, out of the blue, we uh, raised these antibodies. But what we found was that ubiquitin B, as outlined here, the red part, is present in the hallmarks of Alzheimer's. For instance, this is a 92-year-old Alzheimer's patient, stands for ubiquitin plus one, because it's in the plus one uh, reading frame. And, uh, well, this particular uh, substance was present in the, uh, uh, the neurofibular tangles, in the neuropeltrets, in the dystrophic neurites of the, uh, of the uh, um, um, uh, plaques, not in the plaque itself, where beta A4 is present. Well, in frozen tissue, what was also obtained from the Dutch uh, brain bank, Netherlands brain bank, we could uh, assess if the ID was true. So we looked uh, at frozen tissue of um, uh, Alzheimer's patients, and what we found was that indeed the proposed mutation is present. So this is all uh, uh, DNA sequence we did ourselves by hand. Nowadays, everything is automatically done. So the conclusion is that UBB plus one, the frameshift form, so this part, uh, accumulates in all types of Alzheimer's disease. So uh, young, uh, old, and uh, even now we know by collaboration with Christine van Bruchhoven in autosomal dominant cases, but also in uh, Down syndrome, where the uh, uh, APP gene on chrome uh, 21 is uh, uh, duplicated. We didn't find it in young uh, non-demanded controls, but also not in uh, Parkinson's disease. 
So that was an um, indication that we were uh, working quite specific. We looked to uh, 11 cases of Parkinson's disease. One was positive, 10 were negative. And then we looked back into the records and then appeared, that appeared that that uh, very one uh, patient uh, suffering from, uh, from Parkinson's disease was also suffering from, uh, from uh, Alzheimer's disease. So it's quite specific. So that uh, is more or less a uh, little bit molecular phenomenology, and we wanted to know what was occurring um, in vitro. The next slide uh, shows you uh, just a uh, step in between. So are, are there differences of ubiquitin transcript levels between the taupatis? You all know what taupatis are. They share uh, the uh, aberrant, uh, aberrant tau, for instance, in Alzheimer's disease and Down syndrome, but also in other types of uh, taupatis like brain disease, frontal temporal dementia, and pig disease. And uh, we used to uh, look for transcript using the, the ligase chain reaction, which is very uh, sensitive and specific. We also look to synucleinopathies, uh, sharing, uh, this is sharing alpha-synuclein, like uh, LBD and MSA, and in young non-demented controls. And just to go to the products, and what we could see is genomic DNA was never positive. So once again, um, we um, uh, uh, confirm our uh, old results uh, that the uh, misreading is occurring not in the gene, but uh, during transcription. Uh, but that's one point. The other point is that we found it pres to be present in all types of um, uh, diseases, including uh, synucleopathies, which is a bit uh, strange because at the protein level we uh, could not find it. Then we looked to the uh, um, to the uh, protein uh, level, and uh, then uh, I come back to the, this picture later, in Alzheimer's disease and pig disease, and we found uh, ubiquitin plus one be present, not in uh, uh, the um, uh, synucleopathies like Lewy body disease and uh, multisystem uh, atrophy, where the, mark, the hallmarks is of course, the hallmark is of course alpha synuclein, and in this case, uh, a form of aberrant uh, tau. I come back to the middle, uh, uh, panel later. So the conclusion is that there is no significant decrease between controls, taupatis, and synuclepties in the number of mRNAs uh, for ubiquitin B with dunucleotide deletion. However, at the protein level, there are differences. The accumulation in the hallmarks, uh, for instance, in tangles, could occur by a failing protein quality control. And uh, of course, you cannot address functional studies, so that needs to be done in a different way. And we have a focus now on the ubiquitin proteasome system. So what's the uh, ubiquitin proteasome uh, system, the pathway? So if a uh, aberrant molecule uh, or something else needs to be degraded, it recognizes, contains a degron, and is recognized by the enzyme E3. And in the meantime, the E1 enzyme is activated and the conjugating enzyme 2 uh, is also present. So in step 2, then the ubiquitination starts, as I just outlined in my previous uh, slides. Then uh, this whole complex is tagged by ubiquitin uh, uh, by a tree, and that's a very efficient trigger to go to the um, uh, proteasome, which is uh, um, a big 
protease uh, complex. There it arrives at the cap called 19S with a lot of uh, uh, proteins. I come back to that uh, later on. Uh, before it's there, it is deubicinated by deubicinating enzymes. And then it uh, goes to the proteasome where it's degraded uh, by um, the beta subunits called 1, 2, and 5. So in step 3, to summarize, there's deubicination as shown here. Then there's unfolding of the protein to be degraded, followed by its degradation. Well, this is a very simplistic system, uh, representation of the system, because we know in the meantime that there are at least 1,000 different proteins involved in the ubiquitin proteasome system. It's very cell-specific and also disease-specific. So, for instance, uh, we know the immune proteasome, which is different from this uh, representation. It's very complex. But anyway, this is a simple uh, representation how it would work. So, what I said, functional uh, studies couldn't be addressed. So we went into vitro, uh, vitro systems. And uh, once again, this is ubiquitin with the uh, aberrant uh, C-terminus. It cannot uh, recognize the, uh, recognize the, um, um, the uh, target. And um, well, what we found was that well, in vitro studies, it cannot <coughs> indeed uh, be ubiquitinated. Uh, it's a ubiquitin fusion substrate. It's uh, ubiquitinated and inhibits the proteasome in a dose-dependent way and impairs mitochondrial uh, trafficking. And that was published uh, in a number of journals, followed by another uh, group working on this uh, system. And what they showed was that ubiquitin plus one, as shown here, is just a few amino acids too short to be degraded. Then uh, we discovered also that ubiquitin plus one at high doses causes cell death. What shown, was shown by others was that ubiquitin plus one induces heat shock protein expression and subsequent resistance to uh, oxidative stress. And uh, if you find ubiquitin plus one uh, accumulated, uh, it's a marker for a, a proteasomal uh, impairment in a disease-specific way, as I outlined. I, I, I uh, outlined. So we found it in all types of tauopathies, but not in synopathies. We also didn't find it in multiple sclerosis in, and epilepsia. Uh, we were unable to find it. So that was also a sign of uh, specificity. So that was published by Fisher. And uh, the next step is uh, if uh, ubiquitin plus one enhances aggregation of polyglutamine uh, proteins and synergistically aggravate polyglutamine-induced apoptotic cell death. And the reason was, when we came out with that um, science paper, uh, I was continuously found, what about my uh, disease? What about my gene? And so we looked to Huntington's disease because it's a nervous, uh, uh, well, it's a uh, neurological uh, disease. And, uh, but that's not only that. For instance, we also um, looked outside the brain, just to tell you that we ended up as neuroscientists in gastroenterology. Uh, because ubiquitin plus one is also present uh, and accumulates in the malady bodies of uh, alcohol liver uh, uh, syndrome patients. But anyway, we focused on um, uh, uh, polyglutamine uh, diseases. And uh, Huntington is one of them. It's a polyglutamine disorder uh, recognized by uh, the expansion of CAG repeats in exon, nine, uh, exon one of uh, Huntington. Huntington 
that's the protein. It, it's located on chromosome 4, and it's inherited in an autosomal dominant way. So um, what's occurring there? Aggregation of Huntington and Ubiquitin in internuclear inclusions. Atrophy of affected brain areas is present, like in the caudate and putamen. And the hallmarks of uh, polyglutamine diseases, and that's a nice thing, can be mimicked in vitro. That's not the case in Alzheimer's disease. You cannot uh, induce uh, plaque formation or tau uh, in, uh, in vitro, but it's, press, uh, it's possible in uh, Huntington's disease. So um, what happens then? Um, what we found was, uh, uh, of course, wild-type uh, ubiquitin is present. And what we also found was that ubiquitin plus one was present. So what does it mean? But we could address that by um, looking to the following in a, a number of experiments in vitro. So what we know is that polyclinamine repeats uh, under 35. Uh, doesn't, give, uh, doesn't result in Huntington uh, disease. This is a gray zone, and over 40, it results in um, um, uh, Huntington's disease, definitely. And what we were thinking was, well, what we reasoned was that ubiquitin plus one can add to the CAG repeat expansion. So that was the basic idea. So it may result um, in increased uh, accumulation or neurodegeneration of. Uh, Polycutamine um, repeats uh, and protein Huntington. So, what was uh, known? So, we looked to uh, postmortem tissue of Huntington's disease and also of pinocellular ataxia. And we found indeed that ubiquitous one accumulates in the hallmarks. And what I said, we can mimic the internuclear inclusions as seen here in vitro. So uh, then ubiquitin plus one, which is uh, uh, red, uh, co in, in the nucleus with expanded polyclitamines that are green. In HALA cells, Q19 is normal, Q43 is an expanded length uh, showing and resulting in uh, internuclear inclusions. So we addressed that in vitro, of course. So neuroblastoma cells were uh, lentivirally infected with truncated Huntington fragments containing 19, that's normal, 38, and 43, which is abnormal, repeats of glutamine, which uh, uh, HA and the GFP tag, in combination with ubiquitin plus one, or this is the control where the lysines were deleted and uh, replaced by uh, uh, other, uh, other uh, amino acids. And we did a harvesting after uh, six days. Uh, we just then did western uh, blotting, and we recognized the antibodies uh, with a 12CA5 antibody, which recognized this part. That's one experiment. And the other one was that uh, we uh, lentivirally uh, infected uh, uh, neuroblastoma cells, and these were harvested after six days after infection and incubated uh, uh, for 30 minutes with a fluorescent reactive dye of the live dead cat. That's uh, experiment number two. So what are the results? Um, first, we looked into Western blotting and what we could see was that there was uh, at Q90, Q38 and um, Q43, 
a difference in um, 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 uh, aggregation. Uh, Q90 nothing, Q38 already, and uh, uh, at uh, Q43 a lot of uh, in, um, aggregation. Then um, we look to the live dead cat in cell survival. What we could find was that uh, with the longer uh, repeats, not in the controls, there was a lot of uh, um, uh, aggregation. Uh, and also cell survival uh, was uh, not, um, uh, cell death was uh, occurring, of course. And, um, well, this was most probably due to apoptosis because these are uh, uh, apoptosis uh, inhibitors. So the conclusion is, fairly briefly, that ubiquitin plus one contributes to the pathogenesis of polyglutamine diseases. So that's another example where ubiquitin plus one can be active. So not only on tauopathies, but also in polyglutamine diseases. Not all polyglutamine diseases were uh, reactive. For instance, SCA6 was, uh, was not, uh, was not uh, showing ubiquitin accumulation. So that's kind of a control. So what we found was that ubiquitin plus one enhances aggregation of polyglutamine uh, 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 proteins and synergistically activates polyglutamine-induced apoptotic cell death. In, um, oh, that's, the, that's the conclusion. So the next question was, can we make uh, in vivo uh, representations of, uh, of uh, uh, ubiquitin plus one? So um, we uh, generated uh, ubiquitin plus one mouse lines, and we hope to see a proteasomal inhibition, proteomic changes, impaired synaptic plasticity, and the behavioral phenotype. So, what do you need and what do you require if you do uh, this type of work? Um, and, well, of course, we want to see a brain specific uh, expression in the cortex, in the hippocampus, for instance. Um, we therefore chose uh, mouse cam kinase. 2 alpha promoter or a Thai 1 2 promoter. And um, so it's post uh, uh, natally expressed. The genetic background is, of course, important. And uh, we want to see what I said postnatal expression. And you want to have different uh, uh, lines. The expressed protein was uh, ubiquitin plus 1. And the question was if ubiquitin plus 1 contributes to the development of a neurodegenerative disease. So we. Uh, uh, raised a low expression line with a low amount of ubiquitin plus one protein and high expression lines. And here you can see uh, the uh, results. So these are the names of the lines. And we, I will especially focus on uh, this line 3413 with a high expression of ubiquitin uh, plus one. And this is the genetic background. And this is the promoter. So we ended up with uh, this line 3413 with a brain-specific, uh, uh, forebrain expression, uh, forebrain ex uh, specific forebrain uh, expression of ubiquitin-1 in the forebrain, for instance, in the uh, hippocampus, in the cortex, and the uh, striatum. We could see as a result of uh, ubiquitin-1 that uh, the, um, uh, one of the markers for the proteasome was indeed decreased, not so much, but that's not so uh, strange because we took a part of the, uh, of the cortex where also uh, normal cells are present. So in fact, it may be more. So it's a little bit uh, out of frame because of this an apple, but uh, anyway, uh, 
the behavioral and electrophysiological readouts are the following. Um, uh, H mice, uh, H UBB plus one mice, as a result, have a deficit in the context memory, uh, dependent memory test, shown uh, the Morris Water maze. And this result was confirmed by uh, contextual uh, uh, fear conditioning. Subsequently, we did, uh, as shown here, the uh, uh, LTP measurements. And um, uh, in the gyrus dentatus of the hippocampus, we showed a decline of response to physiological stimulus, indicating changes in synaptic uh, plasticity. So what we could see is a behavioral phenotype with no overt neuropathology. And of course we want to see that, but we didn't uh, get it. And uh, well, just for information, the line 3413 has been donated to the Jackson lab. So it's obtainable to the scientific uh, com community. So in fact, what we could see is that we now have transgenic uh, UBB plus one mouse lines uh, generated uh, with a proteasomal inhibition. I didn't show the proteomic changes, impaired synaptic plasticity and a behavioral phenotype. Um, the conclusions and next step. So, uh, what I already said, uh, UBB plus one at low concentration uh, is decreased by the proteasome. At high concentration, it starts to inhibit the proteasome, so it has dual substrate inhibitor effects on the proteasome. Ubiquitin plus 1 is toxic and a marker for proteasomal dysfunction. And UBB plus 1 expressing mouse lines, uh, the mouse line 3413 shows a behavioral phenotype and an impaired synaptic plasticity, but there is no overt neuropathology. So the next step is that we crossbred our line with a model for uh, Alzheimer's disease, and this model is also present here in Bonn. It's ABP Swedish Prison Link 1, Delta X9 with a genetic background of uh, C57 black 6. So in fact, we uh, generated a tra uh, triple transgenic mouse line. And the readouts are, for instance, A-beta, deposition, gene profiling, context-dependent um, uh, behavior, and synaptic plasticity. So that's still work in progress. And I'll just show you some unpublished uh, data. Um, it's a little bit weird. The brain is, uh, anyway. Um, uh, what we found was uh, that, well, this is known from literature that during life, um, uh, during uh, the first months, uh, a beta is formed in this way, then uh, increased more and more. And we expected, in fact, that due to uh, and, um, um, due to the uh, addition of UBB plus 1, the um, acceleration of um, uh, a beta plug formation would occur. However, we found the contrary. So um, in six months, we found statistically less A-beta uh, deposits, and also in nine and 11 months. But this work that is still uh, under, uh, let's say, under review. And uh, what was um, apparent when I came from Amsterdam to, um, um, to uh, Maastricht was that the animals develop what we would call epileptic insults. And that was the reason why I came into contact. I mentioned that last year in Athens. And well, in fact, I was not very happy with it, but it happens. And uh, I contacted the uh, person who was generating this mouse, that is David Borgels. He used to work at John Hopkins University. He said, well, I've never seen that. And uh, the Jackson lab, where these mice are uh, coming from, 
also reported no uh, uh, epilepsia. However, I could see that in Maastricht, and then I contacted several people in the field, and they said, well, now and then we also have a problem with these mice showing these epileptic uh, insults. But we are just working with larger groups, and then uh, we just keep them out. But it's a phenomenon, and we know in the meantime, well, it was already known a long time, that there are epileptic uh, uh, insults in Alzheimer's disease. So, so that's not so strange that uh, epileptic, epilepsia is occurring in these uh, mice. So um, then we came to the following point um, that, uh, well, so is there any therapy of uh, Alzheimer's disease patients uh, possible? And, uh, well, of course, numerous studies have demonstrated the potential utility of antibodies for the treatment of AD. But its application in AD patients was unsuccessful, as far as we know, because there was a paper uh, published by uh, Clive Holmes in The Lancet in 2008, and what he showed was that he was able, in a few patients, to get rid of a beta burden, but the state of dementia remained the same. So it's problematical, it becomes problematical, so a bet, just to concentrate on a beta. And there was a second paper um, by Tucker and Borgelt, published last year, and their take-home message was that there is limited uh, clearance of pre-existing uh, amyloid plaques after intracerebral injection of a beta. So what's better, they suggested that the prevention of amyloid um, formation is much more relevant than clearance of pre-existing plaques. And, um, well, that's something that uh, is, uh, th that's now currently uh, in the IDs, the heads of the people working on Alzheimer's disease. So what can it mean? And the aim of uh, our current work is to understand uh, the protective effect of a ubiquitin plus one on a beta plaque plot, what I just showed, in a triple transgenic mouse model of uh, Alzheimer's disease. So that's the uh, triple transgenic we are currently uh, using, with a lot of epileptic insults, because there were epileptic insults in uh, this, li this line 85. Let's say that is, uh, 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 well, I just mentioned 10 uh, during uh, life, but in this triple transgenic mice, it's doubled. So it may mean something that the loss of quality, protein quality control can result in more epilepsia. Well, it's feasible. Um, something else is, and here again the system uh, of the uh, ubiquitin proteasome system is coming back, is that um, we addressed a study what could occur down, downstream. And um, we looked to um, a part of the 19S, as uh, proteasome in Alzheimer's disease and in Parkinson's disease. And here uh, there's a representation, simplified uh, representation of the proteasome where we have the different subunits consist of, you know, the whole proteasome consists of around 40 different proteins. In the cap, we have uh, RPN1 and here's RP, uh, RPT2, uh, three, five, and a number of uh, triple uh, ATPases ring forming. This is the proteolytic uh, part, where uh, one, two, and five are present. And if a substrate is coming and uh, arriving at the proteasome, it's de as I showed, and then it's uh, um, 
uh, accepted, it's uh, unfolded and chaperoned, and then the substrate entry is occurring at this part. And then um, the uh, proteases do their work, and the substrate is um, then cleaved into parts, and um, the release is, of, uh, then of course, of aberrant proteins um, to the uh, proteolytic uh, core is occurring at this place. So um, parts are uh, released over there, and uh, well, that's more or less the uh, working of the proteasome. Um, well, why ubiquitous one? It's the question. Result in dysfunctional uh, ubiquitous proteasome system. And another group, when we published the work uh, of the group of uh, Cecile Picard, was working on it, and they showed that ubiquitous plus one in vitro is polyubiquitinated, as we uh, uh, said, suggested, and is refractory to deubiquitination. So when it's arriving at the proteasome, there are certain deubiquitinating enzymes that are unable to, uh, uh, to do the job. And my question was, are there other um, uh, main players of the ubiquitin proteasome system? And, um, well, these are my plans. Um, so what we found is, uh, what we want to do is the manipulation of a beta plug formation by interfacing of in vivo via ubiquitin proteasome compounds, via viral um, uh, tools. So the strategy is that we in this triple transgenic mouse line um, look to the expression of two main players of the ubiquitin proteasome uh, system that will be uh, manipulated using this uh, tool, which is already produced, uh, with constructs uh, of ubiquitin plus one, which is the bad player, and the deubiquitinating enzyme, which is most probably the, the right player, and these are controls. The readouts will be four weeks after infection, that a, we look to uh, a better plug load quantification. Um, and we uh, look to the ratio soluble a better 40 42, the intraneuronal localization and proteasome activities. Synetic pattern changes will be followed in the hippocampus after proteasomal inhibition during uh, a better plug formation. And then, as uh, so readouts, we can use uh, gene uh, profiling immunostimulation to chemical localization. We will do LTP studies. And of course, combined with LTP studies, the contextual uh, behavior. And a spin-off will be then that we obtain tools to stimulate the ubiquitin proteasome system and uh, manipulation of a better plug load in an alternative way than uh, just vaccination. The conclusions are the following. Molecular misery is a transcript mutation and the results in the protein uh, accumulation. Accumulation of ubiquitin plus one is disease specific. Ubiquitin plus one inhibits the proteasome and induces neurodegeneration in a model, in a vitro model of Huntington's disease. So what we did recently is to inject these uh, polyglutamine repeats into these uh, um, uh, 3413 line, expressing ubiquitin at a certain level. And what you can see is that the number of internuclear inclu uh, inclusions is increasing. So our in vitro results are confirmed by in vivo results. If you find ubiquitin plus one, it's a mark of a proteasomal dysfunction. And we have generated mouse lines with a dysfunctional ubiquitin proteasome system, impaired synaptic plasticity in the behavioral phenotype. And well, what I just said is that we uh, studies on the crossbreeding of uh, with other transgenic mouse lines for uh, uh, Alzheimer's disease 
are in progress. So my team is currently Natalia Kolot. In fact, she is working on identification of new targets for two, um, uh, two um, uh, mares uh, involved in the protein quality control of uh, Alzheimer's disease. So that's a separate project. Frank Dennissen, he looks to the downstream effects of ubiquitous one, explaining its uh, proteasomal in inhibition using AAV tools, double and triple transgenic mouse models. Then we have Marco Borix, Denise Hems, the technician, Leonie Jonkers, and the vacancy. So if, if a postdoc is imp, uh, in, uh, interested to do neurobehavioral uh, work, he is more than welcome. Well, we have, of course, a lot of external collaborations. So for the LTP work, Harm Krugers was involved. For the more cellular biological work, um, uh, Nico Dantuma was involved. Marcus Klotzel, uh, at, uh, in Hamburg, we are working uh, on uh, the uh, unfolded protein uh, response. And these are two uh, neuropathologists, uh, most probably Albert know them, Isidre Feder from Barcelona, and Samir Kummer Singh from Antwerp. And we are looking to uh, uh, neuro, uh, uh, types of neurodegeneration that have not been uh, described. For instance, um, um, to, um, uh, so we are presently busy with Samir Kummer Singh to look to other types of uh, uh, frontal temporal dementia. And uh, we are getting with the Dutch brain make lots of um, uh, 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 patients because they are quite rare. But we, we want to work on, well, let's say, 10 to 20 patients. Uh, the uh, financial support came from uh, the EU, uh, Human Frontier Science Program, and um, the International Parkinson's Foundation, but also a number of other, uh, um, other foundations supported the research uh, because the bills had to be paid. And Well, next year, um, just to mention that um, in Maastricht, not far from here, I'm organizing a satellite of the Fence Forum, and uh, if you want to know more, I have a flyer, but this is the uh, website. And uh, there, a number of people uh, uh, that were the founders of the field, like Chikanover, and but also uh, Rubenstein will talk about their findings in the ubiquitin proteasome system, and also in autophagy, but also other people are coming. And it's in the beautiful city of Maastricht. And I think I leave it by this, okay?